This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I'm going to tell you, Rashi, tonight, everyone in this room is going to change your entire life. And it's a Rashi that, I don't know, nobody speaks about. I think it's probably, in my, in my opinion, I don't have much of an opinion, but I'm not opinionated, as you know, but in my opinion, um, this is the biggest Rashi for every one of us to know. Um, and nobody talks about it, and it's, wow. I might even get up, I might even get up and start dancing in front of the table. It might happen, and Pasha Balak. It might happen, with I'm getting nervous if I jump out of my chair, okay? Because that's how important it is. Alright, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go home, you're gonna call all your friends, you're gonna say this, it's, it's a game changer. I don't talk like that very often. Okay. So this week's Pasha Balak happens to be my Bar Mitzvah Pasha. Um, interesting parsha. It is a parsha about Hakar Satov. The whole parsha from beginning to end is about Hakar Satov. In fact, in fact, the name of the parsha is Hakar Satov. There's no other parsha in the Torah that's named after a Russia. Yisro the Tshuva, right? Moshe Rabbeinu, he became a Ger. There's no other parsha in the Torah. Now you're all thinking, Noah, he was okay. Um, right? There's not many named parishes in the Torah. Balak was a Russia. Why would you name a parish in the Torah over a guy that cursed us, that hired Bilam to curse us, sent out his daughters to be Mazana, 24,000 Jews died. You couldn't come up with a different name for the parasha? So the Medrash asks, why is it parish in the Torah called after a Russia? And the Medrash answers, the Megish in Pasha Bala. Hakaras Hatoiv. What's the Hakaras Hatov, everybody in this room? This is not the Rashi yet. You can sit. What's the Hakaras Hatov? What's the Hakaras Hatov in, in Pasha Bala? That Balak hired Bilam to curse us. Hashem made a miracle that when Bilam tried to curse us from his mouth instead of a curse came a bracha. One of those brachas we say every morning. Matobu Lecha Yaakov Mishkin Asechi Yisrael. Because that was the biggest bracha, that he saw the tzniyut of Klaishro, that we didn't, the openings of the tents weren't facing each other. So when you opened the tent, you couldn't see the guy's next tent. And we did that, and Billam was like, wow, look at the Jews. They won't even put their houses across from each other, so they won't be able to look at, look at each other. They didn't have Skype in those days, so it wasn't a problem, right? So Balak hired Billam to curse us. Billam ended up giving us a bracha. So Hashem said, how am I going to pay Balak back? They got a bracha. Even though his intentions were bad, but from his bad intentions came a bracha. So therefore, even though his intentions were bad, but you have to have a curse of type to someone who even has bad intentions and ends up helping you. So we're going to name a parasha of this Rashta, because this Rasha, we ended up getting a bracha. Even though he hated us, and he tried to curse us, and Hashem changed the whole thing, his intentions were miserable, but we got a bracha. You have to thank somebody if he helped you, even if he wanted to hurt you. That's crazy. Even bigger. Who came from Balak as a reward that he caused us to get brachas even though he wanted to curse us? Anyone here know? Rus. David HaMelech's great-grandmother, Moshiach, comes from Balak. Melech Moav. Yeah, Rus. Why did he deserve that? Because 
He paid a lot of money to Bilam to curse us, but he ended up paying a lot of money for Bilam to give us a bracha. Got to pay him back. This is in my new book on Kibbutz of Aim. How dare you not have a karsatot for a parent whose intentions are not bad, whose intentions are good. Because Baruch Hu names a parasha after a Russia, after a Russia, and Mashiach comes from this Russia because he paid a lot of money to curse us and it ended up being a bracha. That's how far Hashem said a parasha in my Torah. You don't get a parasha in Hashem's Torah very easy. Yisrael, Pinchas. There's no parasha in Torah called Moshe. There's no parasha in Torah called Avram. There's no parasha in Torah called Yitzchak. There's no parasha in Torah called Yaakov. But there's a parasha called Balak. All of them didn't get a parasha. This guy gets a parasha. Because he wanted to curse us. We pay a lot of money. We got a bracha. We don't understand Hakar Satoyv at all. We don't have an understanding of Hakar Satoyv at all. This parasha is the name of the parasha itself is the greatest lesson of Hakar Satoyv. This is tied to on Purim. Right, Watson, you talk about Purim in the middle of... Uh, Right in the, in the middle of the summer, the beginning of the summer. But yes, it's very tied to Purim. Because you're supposed to drink enough on Purim that you're so drunk that you say, Oror Mordechai and Baruch Haman. It sounds ridiculous. Haman wanted to wipe out every father, mother, child, a Nazi, worse than a Nazi. He was the worst person in the world, right? So why would I drink that I should get up and say, imagine Chas Shalom, if someone drank enough and got up, right at his table in front of his whole family and his friends and said, blessed is Hitler, Yamach Shemoy, for killing the six million Jews. If I said that at a shir, not one of you would ever come back. What, are you crazy? I'm also a Mashiach. I hope they don't take this piece out of the shir and like, you know, do that again, like, like, the, like the Zumba thing, right? Like, oh, look what he said, right? Can you imagine if God, if I got up there and said that? He should be blessed. So on Purim you should drink, you should drink, so that you say, Baruch, Baruch Haman is the same thing as Baruch Hitler. He was worse. Or it's just as bad, that's for sure. What's going on, girls? You should say, blessed is and you should curse, and you should curse Mordechai? You should get up and say, blessed is Yamach Shemai, and you should curse Rebchaim Kainevsky? You should drink so much? That, what, what's going on on Purim? And the answer is, that you have to have a cause of toy to Haman. So in the normal world, if you just look at it, Bolak tried to destroy us. Haman tried to destroy us. But what came out of Haman? Kleisra was Makabal Ba'ava the first time ever that the Jewish nation was Makabal God. They accepted God Ba'ahava. Now even though his intentions were to destroy us and kill all of us, but because of what he tried to do, we became Ba'achtus, and we were Makabal for the first time Hashem, Bi'ahava. So even though his intentions were terrible, but in the end, look what came out of it. And therefore, you need to drink, because normally, you cannot have a karsatai to someone, to Yamach Shemai. You can't. You can't have a karsatai. So in a normal world, the Chacham can't say, Wallstein, we don't want you to drink, we want you to be sober, and get up and say, that there's a reason to thank Haman. It's not, you can't. He, he wanted to wipe out all the Jews. But, for one moment on Purim, to drink enough that you should recognize that even though Haman's intentions were terrible, something came very, some Purim came out of it. Something amazing came out of it. 
Therefore, you have to have a curse that tov to Haman. And therefore, at one point, you have to think Baruch Haman because of what he did. It's this week's parsha. So Balak gets a name in the parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't get a name. Aaron Hakoyin doesn't get a name. Avram Yitzchak Yaakov Yosef doesn't get a name. Nobody gets a name except for Pinchas. What? So Aaron Mordechai is like this. The, the most of the Sanhedrin on on when the whole story happened with Haman, they said this is Mashiach. This is the time of Mashiach. Let Haman destroy Klai Yisrael, right? And then the Mashiach is going to come because the whole world can't, if there's no Klai Yisrael, the whole world can't live. So they said, there's going to be a time where there's going to be a massive destruction of Klai Yisrael. Let it happen, Mordechai. Let it happen. It's happening. He signed it. Don't fight it. Let it happen. And then Mashiach will come and it's over. Hashem will, the whole world will know of Hashem. The Beit Hamidrash will be built. And that's what they tied it to Mordechai. Mordechai said, you're right, but I'm the leader. And as a leader, I have to protect the people. So when it says at the end that Rav, most of the Jews agreed with him. But a lot of Sanhedrin did not agree with him. Now, if you do the numbers, I don't think there were 6 million Jews in the world at that point. So had they let, had they let Haman do what he wanted to do, so the Jews would have died, but you wouldn't have had 6 million in the Holocaust, you wouldn't have had the Inquisition, you wouldn't have had the Crusades, probably tens of twelves of millions of people died. So they tied it, just let everyone go, Mashiach will come. And he said, I can't, my job is as a leader. As a leader, even though you might be right, right, to let Mashiach, I can't. So therefore there's a little, if you get, you can't. But Mordechai was protecting us from so normal without drinking. You can't say Ara Harman. But if you drink, you can say, you know, Ara Mordechai. You can say, Mordechai, you could have brought Mashiach. You didn't bring Mashiach. Hmm. The little Ara there. The little Ara there. See, by Zeresh, there's no, there's no, you should drink enough that you should say Baruch Zeresh. And by Esther, there's no Ara Esther Hamalka. There's no whatever. By Mordechai and, and, and by Haman. So, so we see that even with the worst intentions, if something good comes out of it, if something good comes out of it, you owe that person a Korosatayv to the level that Hashem named the parasha. The only other name is Yisrael and Pinchas. That's it. And the Tyra. So Orlach and Daniel didn't get a name, but, but this Russia, Marusha, Balak got a name because he gave us, because he paid a lot of money for us to get a bracha, even though he intended to give us a klala. Now, let's take a little bit of a look. I'm going to get this. It's a karsa toiv, and that's really what the pasha is all about. This is just the beginning of it. But let's just get a look at what happens here. So you have a Baruch Hu, everything has a, a balance. So a Baruch Hu created a Moshe Rabbeinu, who was Kuli toiv. He was born toiv. His name was Tuvya, actually. Before he was named, his mother named him Tuvya. And she named him, of course, Batya named him Moshe, and we went after Batya, but his name was Tuvia, because he was born with a bris, he was born with a light, whatever. He was born with talking, he was Taiv. So Hashem had to create the opposite, and the opposite was Bilam. Bilam was Kulei Ra. Bilam was the lowest person in the world. Morality, he had no morality. In fact, his wife was his donkey. We're not going to get into it. But he was married to his donkey physically, Emotionally, his wife was his donkey, and to get to the level of the lowness that he needed to get to, he had to actually he actually get to that level of, of, of low morality. So he was the worst low life in the world. Moshe Rabbeinu was 50th level of 49th level of 50th level of Kedusha, and Bilam was 49th 50th level of, of Tumah. 
but there always has to be opposite poles. So they had their Navi. Their Navi was Bilam. Bilam was also new. There's one second uh, in the morning. There's one second that Akash Baruch Hu, for whatever reason we don't understand, but there's one second that Akash Baruch Hu is bekas. Like, if you curse someone at that second, the curse can come true, and Bilam knew that moment. Could be it's was seeking, and that's why we down was seeking. I'm not sure. But he knew that moment, wherever that moment was. So this guy was bad. He was bad. Um, the Medrash talks about him. I think he had one eye or three eyes. I don't know, something weird. He was, you know, he had one eye. He had one blind eye, and he had one good eye. Okay, whatever. Um, he served the two fallen angels, which were the, where all the Tum in the world come from. So this was a really bad guy. Along comes, along comes Balak, and Balak says to him, I know you have the power of the mouth, you have the power of the curse, um, I want you to go curse Kleistro. Okay, so let's take a look at it. So he sends messengers, um, Balak sends messengers to Bilam, he says the Jews are all over the place, I need you, I need you to curse this nation. They're too powerful. We can't go to war with them. You got to curse them. And I know whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. So they went and they came. They came to Bilam and they said, Balak, who's the king, sends you a message. He wants you to curse Kaisal. So he says, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do, I don't know if this is the right thing or not. So this is what I'm going to do. Lino for Halayla, you guys go to sleep tonight. And in the morning, I'll tell you what Hashem tells me. Now, this is the craziest thing. Bilam had nevuah from Hashem. Now, you're going to ask me, if he had nevuah from Hashem, how could he be so anti... If you know Hashem, like, how could you not be from? <laughs> how, could you, how could you be doing every... How could you be sleeping with your, with your donkey? If you, at night, Hashem comes to you in a dream, you know there's a Hashem, why didn't he become a ger? Right? So this is a very big question. We're going to see it gets even worse. So, okay... That night, Hashem comes to Bilam. It's an interesting with God. It's very interesting with God. He always opens up the conversation. He doesn't tell you what he knows. By Adam, he said, why are you hiding? He said, because I don't have clothing. How do you know you don't have clothing? Hashem should have said, you wait for the tree. He lets you admit what you did because then you own it. People don't usually own it. So he said to him, what's going on? Who are these people? Balak ben Siba Melech Mo Shalach Halai. Balak sent me these people. He they all my yotzim mitzrayim, the Jews, right? They're covering all the ground, and um, I want to go. I want to curse them. Vayomel Kim al Bilam, Lo Silechim Ahem. Do not go to curse them. Loisa Arsa Am. Do not curse the Jews. Kibarachu, because they're a bench the nation. Okay, first of all, ladies. Kajbarhu believes that we are a bench, a bench nation. He said to him, You can't curse them. These are blessed people. So you have to know where God thinks of us. Okay? Number one. He gets up in the morning. He says, Sari. He seems to be a big tzaddik. Go home. Hashem is not letting me go with you. It's a really from guy. He's a really from guy. He gets up in the morning, he says, get out of my house, guys. Hashem told me I can't go. I'm not going. Psh, sounds like a very from guy. So, by they left, and they came to Balak, and they said, he's not coming. Ah, uh, so Balak knew Bilam's weakness. The dark side has a weakness they cannot hide. 
and that is money. They're very money hungry. I was once, whatever, involved with a Makubo from the dark side. He used Shadim. I didn't know that. Whatever, and I went through a very scary time, and I woke up, and I called Rabbi Gamaliel, and whatever he did, he did, and all kinds of psukim, we said, whatever I had to do, I had to do. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But this this Makubal, who was from the dark side, knew Kala Taira Kula. He knew everything that would bother me a little bit. He knew the whole Taira. He had a long white beard, and, and he looked like the most saintly person you ever met. So I said, how does one know if, if the Makubal is from the dark side or from the, or from the good side? Because the power is the same. In fact, the dark side power sometimes is greater. So he'll tell you things about yourself because the Shadim know everything. He'll tell you things and you'll be like, he's a Malach Hashem, he's a Novi, he's a Makubal, he's that and that, but no. So I said to him, well, how do I know who to go to, who not to go to? He said, the one thing you need to know is they ask you for a lot of money, they're not from Kedusha. Because he can hide, he can have a beard, he can have pace, you know, he can have for 80 minutes, but they can't fight the Taiva for money. The dark side always wants money. They can fake you with everything else, but they can't fight that. So, Balak knew that Bilam had that, he was from the dark side, and he knew that his weakness was money. So, he realized he made a big mistake. He sent his messengers, but he didn't send them with money. He just asked them to come help him curse the Jews. So, he sent better officers by Yavah Bilam and he said to them Balak wants you to come by Yavah Bilam by Yavah Bilam if Yitainli Balak Bilam said if Balak would give me Maloy Beso a whole house full of Kesev Bezov a whole house of silver and gold so now we're talking money I, I still can't go against Hashem so he, he named the price like, if you give me a lot of money like a whole house of money I don't know, I still couldn't do it. But if you give me two houses of money, he was letting him to know, like, I could do it. So, he says, you know what? Let me ask Hashem again tonight. Now that there's money involved. So, Hashem came to him the second night. He said, if they want you to go, if you want to go with them, you could go with them, like like the Moraglam. But Hashem didn't want him to go. But I'm telling you right now, that if you go with them, you're going to come out of your mouth what I want to come out of your mouth, not what you want to say. Okay? So Hashem knew his machshava. So by Yakum Bilam Babaika, Bilam got up early in the morning. He had all these servants, but he himself saddled his donkey. He did it himself because he was in a rush to curse Klai Yisrael. There were two other people that saddled their own donkeys, even though they had servants. One was Avram Avinu by the, by the Akedah, and one was Paro who chased the Jews the next morning. So Hashem saw that he wasn't going to bench Kleisel. He was going to make a lot of money. Now, this is the Rashi. This is the Rashi. And every Jewish person needs to know this Rashi. Especially the kids that are told that God is going to burn you and he punishes you and you're going to die and you're going to get cancer and then you're going to go to the next world and he's going to put you in a frying pan or he's going to put you on a barbecue and everyone's walking around like Baruch Hu, he's like this angry God he's just waiting for you to trip he's going to throw you to hell he's going to throw you to Gehenna and like, we have this picture of this mean, evil, vengeful, non-loving I don't know why people are doing this because it's very easy, you scare kids instead of telling them Hashem loves you and talking to them about it you just tell them he's going to burn you, okay? 
threats, girls, you have long hair, there's going to be worms going, I, I've heard crazy stories, teachers say crazy things. A teacher this year told the kid, your children are going to die. When you grow up, you're going to get married, your children are going to die, if that's what you do. Sick people, you're sick people. This is what, this is, the, this, so of course I mean, no one wants to be from. Listen to this Rashi. Listen to this Rashi. Vayichar Kim. And Hashem became very angry at Bilam because you're not going to bless them. You're going to curse them. And I told you I don't want you to go. Hashem was very angry at him what he was going to do, right? Because Bilam was going. And Hashem told him not to go. So Hashem placed an angel in front of him on the way with Satan Lai to block him, right? To impede him, to block him. When he was riding on his donkey and his Shnei Now when you learn this passage, what does everyone in this room think? Everyone who's watching, what do you think? Hashem told him not to go. He went anyway. But Hashem got angry at him. Hashem said, yeah, you want to go? Putting an angel in front of you with a sword? You're not going if I tell you not to go. That's what everyone learns in the passage. Zok Rashi. Ki Hashem was angry because he was going. Ra Shadabu Rabbi He knew he knew Bilam knew that Hashem did not want him to go, right? But he was at a tiber for the money. So Hashem put this angel in his way, with Satan light to block him. What kind of angel was this, everybody? What angel did Hashem put in front of him to block him? Machamavas. Zog Rashi. Rashi says, Malach Shel Rachamim. Hashem created an angel of Rachamim, of pity. Hoya, he was a Rachamim angel. And Hashem wanted to stop him from sinning. That he shouldn't sin, the Yavad, and be destroyed. Let's think about this for a second. I went crazy last night. Bilam, the worst, the lowest, going against Hashem, not listening to Hashem. Hashem is angry at him. How dare you not listen to me? So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a malach of rachamim to stop you so that you don't get hurt. Not a malach hamaves. Not a malach to punish him. You know what I do when I'm angry? I try to help you. So is this a, we're talking about a Jewish girl? We're talking about a Jewish guy? We're talking about the Russia of Wushan. But it's a creation of Hashem. And Hashem says, even though you're in Russia, and even though you're not listening to me, and even though I'm angry at you, I'm not going to create a malach to hurt you. You're not going to burn in hell. You're not going to die. You're not going to get cancer. That's not who I am. I'm going to create a malach to protect you, to stop you from the Nevera, so you shouldn't get punished. So th- we walk around thinking that Hashem is gonna, uh, the, the, the creator of punishment? Madoch, it's called the Kalvachoymer. Surely Hashem created a Malach Rachamim. When, uh, when this guy, this low life, who slept with his donkey, who deserved to die anyway, and he's going against Hashem, and Hashem is angry at him. And Hashem creates a malach of rachamim. Stop, don't go. I don't want you to get hurt. If you're going to sin, I don't want you to sin. You're going to get hurt. Surely, don't you think Hashem does that for us? 
Isn't that a kavachaymer? That's how God reacts when he's angry at someone for doing an avera. He doesn't burn you. He tries to protect you because you're his child. He doesn't want you to get punished. And he doesn't want you to be lost. It's a chiddush goggle. I said it to two Rabbanim today. They didn't know that. They didn't see that Rashi. They were blown away. They said, when we learned it, we thought Hashem made a malach to knock his head off. You didn't listen to me. You deserve to get a patch. No. He created a malach. It doesn't say anywhere in the world. You will never see another Rashi. I don't know every Rashi in the Torah, but I don't think you'll ever see another Rashi. I'll ask Rabbi Chaim Kainevsky, which says that Hashem created a malach of Rachman for anybody. And he creates a malach of Rachman for Bilam? For Bilam? Yes. So, when a person is going to do something wrong, Hashem is going to try to stop him, even though he may be angry by why you're doing this with your with your curse Hashem's anger is, is not our kind of anger. He's angry at you, so he's going to make sure that you don't get punished. He's going to make sure that it doesn't happen. Of course, if you decide, like Bilam decides, that I don't care that you made a malach, I'm going anyway, and you don't see the malach, it's a very interesting pshat, because he didn't see the malach. Hashem made a malach harachamim, and he didn't see the malach. So you can ask me a question. Everyone here should have a, a brilliant question. I don't stand right, Walthin. If he created a malach to stop him, but you can't see it, so Hashem didn't do anything for him. Come on, all my brilliant girls. She'll be like, what are you talking about? What did Hashem do for him? Rashi says he created a Malach Rachamim to stop him from going, so he shouldn't get lost. But he never saw him. The, the, the donkey saw him. He didn't see him. So what did Hashem do for him? In the end, he did nothing for him. If you created a Malach, you can't see. He did nothing for you. So Rabbi Wath, what are you getting all excited about? Hashem didn't do anything for him. And the answer is, why didn't he see the Malach? Why did the donkey see it and he didn't see it? Because he was so into the Aveira, as Rashi, the Rashi before, the Rashi before that explains this Rashi. It's such a title that I have to do it, that Hashem put the thing in front of him. He didn't see it. There's so many times you want to do something wrong, and Hashem tries to protect you. You just roll right over it. You don't, I don't care. You want to go somewhere and it was closed, so you find another place to go. No matter what Hashem tries to do, he creates malach. You don't want to see it. Why? Because you want to see what you want to see. So yes, he created the malach, and he should have seen it. And if he would have had a drop of charat of that, you know what, maybe I shouldn't go, he would have seen the malach. But he was so bent on doing the avera, and that's the Rashi before, that it was such a tiber, he knew Hashem didn't want him to do it, but he, he had such a tiber for it, that even the signs that Hashem gives us not to do the avera, we just roll right over and we don't see it. Well, donkey, they don't want to do that. He didn't. He doesn't have das. He didn't want to do an avera, so he saw the malach. When you're bent on doing an avera, Hashem sends you all the all the red lights to stop. Think, come on, I said to this. Uh, right? It's a very famous. I forgot the story. Oh, it's a crazy story about David Letterman. So the show David Letterman, the, the late he used to be. He's not there anymore. Late night, whatever, something like that. So there was a guy. It's a very famous story. There was a guy that was, started being mechal shai. One of the derech. Went off the, he went off the derach, and let's say his name was Elliot, whatever. And David Letterman um, has this guest. And the guest is telling a story, maybe with a babachka, whatever it is. This guy's name is Elliot. And he's watching, Friday night, he's watching David Letterman, Michal Shabbos, right? And someone said to the guy on, at the show, like, Elliot, why, why don't you keep Shabbos? So Letterman puts his face in the screen, right, not knowing that someone's watching it. But his guest was telling the story. Maybe someone talk, and he says, "Elliot, why don't you keep Shabbos?" And this guy's watching the show. You want to sign on Shabbos? You want to sign? It's a true story. 
He's like, boop, turned off the TV. Whatever he did, that was it. The last Shabbos was Michal. David Letterman is telling him, Elliot, why, why, Elliot, why don't you keep Shabbos? It, it was a crazy story, but okay, he saw it. But many times we have, we have all these red lights, we just don't see it because we're so into that Veira. We're so into what we want to do that Hashem's throwing signs. He threw signs for this low life. For us, for sure, he's, he's throwing signs. He's creating my lachim of rachamim. You don't see it. Your donkey sees it. You don't see it. Why? Because you don't want to see it. You only see signs that you want to see. You don't want to see it. You know, Indians are known for signs. They can tell you how long ago the guy broke the twig and all that. I used to read those, those, those Western books and how they could read exactly how long the guy was. They knew how to read signs. But the, people walk all, all over the signs and they walk right by the sign. They don't see anything. They don't see the broken twig. They don't see anything because they don't want to see it. So he didn't want to see it. It's a crazy Rashi. It's such a physic that I know that my God, that when he's angry, he's worried about me that I shouldn't sin because he doesn't want me to, to be lost. That is the greatest physic in the world. And maybe in Atila, we should say, you did this for Bilam? You got to do this for me. You did this for Bilam? You created an angel of Rachamim? Hashem, I need angels of Rachamim. I never, before this Rashi, I never heard of an angel of Rachamim. So Rashi says he created an angel of Rachamim. Malach shal Rachamim haya. He was a Malach of Rachamim. Alright, I don't know, you're all sleeping. You should be like making a rakid. You should be making a rakid or something. I don't know, whatever. Okay, you don't want to dance in front of me. I understand, but when I walk out, I mean, what a crazy Rashi. That's it. We should end this share right here. Oh God, he cared about it. Such a rasha. He created a malach to stop him. And Rashi, the word the Rashi says, is not that he created a malach, he didn't want him to sin. Okay, it's for you, Hashem. You didn't want him to sin. No, because if he sins, then he's going to have to get punished. I want to punish him. He's my creation. He's a low life. He's the lowest you can be, but he's my creation. He's not my child. He's not one of us. Forget about us. We're on a whole crazy level. He's my creation. He's going to curse the Jews. And I'm angry at him. I told him not to go. You should fall to a hole and drop dead. Right? I told you not to go. I'm God. I can take care of that. No, I'm going to create a Malach Racham. Because Bokhul, they don't know who you are. They mamash don't know who you are. They're teaching that you're, you're, you're this thing that you're not. He's not. He doesn't want to punish us. All right. So here comes the big part of, of the, and we'll end with this. The big part of, of, of the parasha, of the parasha. So everyone here knows that the donkey... Talked, a talking donkey. Hashem created, when did he create this talking donkey? So in Pirkei Elvis it says that Erev Shabbos, the, day of, the last day of creation, Erev Shabbos, ten things were created. Ben Hashemashish, one of them was the P.R.S., the mouth of the land that, that swallowed up Kairach. And one was the, the, the mouth of the donkey. Why did Hashem have to create the mouth of the donkey? What did the donkey say that was so important? Must be unbelievable. If Hashem's going to make a miracle that an animal is going to talk English or whatever language we spoke, he's got to be saying something like, amazing. He's not going to be like, good morning, everyone, nice to see you. Hashem's not creating an animal to say, good morning, nice to meet you. So he's got to come up with something like major. So let's see the major. What? A parrot doesn't talk. A parrot doesn't talk on his own. A parrot's copying what you say, so he doesn't have the. This animal didn't copy anything. He talked from himself. Everyone, everyone, a parrot talks. A parrot doesn't talk. A parrot copies. He, do, he never. You'll never find a parrot that came up with a word he didn't hear. So this is a special creation. Okay. Anyway, so what happens? Material Hashem. The Hashem sees the Malach Hashem. Needs a Badera. 
there's a malach with a sword in his hand. So he doesn't want to go over there because he's going to kill, he's going to kill Bilaam. So he goes to the side. So Bilaam's very upset. I told you to go straight. You're going to the left, right? So he whacks him. He whacks him. Okay. Second time. But Now he sees the Malach again. Malach seems to be getting in their way. He rubs Bilaam's foot, smashes it into the wall. Ha ha. But Yosef hits him again. He said, You crazy? Just hurt me. Okay? Then, they're in a small area. The Malach does it again. But this time, the donkey can't go left or right. There's no room. So he goes down. He stops because he doesn't want Bilaam to get killed. He's. Bilam's his her husband. Nebuch, right? He goes down. Bilam gets very angry. He hits him again with this with the stick. Okay, that's it. Now comes the big miracle. Hashem opens the mouth of the animal. What's he gonna say? What's gonna come out of his mouth? Now, if you were the animal, anyone in this room, if I was the animal, what would I say to Bilam at this point? Why do you keep hitting me? Why do you keep hitting me? Can't you see there's an angel in front of us with a sword? I just saved your life three times. Right? That's what I would say. That's what you would say. Stop hitting me. There's a malach in the way. Nope. He never tells Bilam there was a malach. That's not what comes out of his mouth. Nope. It doesn't tell him, doesn't tell him why. This is what he tells him. But you tell him be awesome. My time of the Bilam. What did I do to you? You hit me these three times. So they're having a discussion. Meshuggah and Bilam, his animal's talking to him, right? So he's, my famous speech of, don't look at the what, look at the why. He should be saying, whoa, my animal's talking to me. No, he just answers the animal back like it's his friend. So he says, you want to know why? Because... You, uh, what would be the English word for Zisalati? You mocked me that you did this. You, you made fun of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you. Nice guy, no? That's what he told his wife to a marriage married. Right? He said, I would have killed you. So now, donkey, tell him. You would have killed me? I saved your life. I just saved your life. Nope. Never tells him. And this is really why Hashem opened his mouth. And it's not for Bilam, it's for everyone in this room. And it's for Klai Yisrael. Aren't I your donkey that you've been riding me from day one until today? Have I ever done this before? You're riding me for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Have I ever banged your foot into the wall? Have I ever bent down? Have I ever done this before? But Yomer, Bilam says, he's talking to him, right? He's still not getting it. No! No, this is the first time you ever did this. And the donkey dies. Never tells Bilam why he did what he did. And the next pasuk, Vayigal Hashem, now the donkey's dead. Vayigal Hashem is ene Bilam. Hashem revealed to the eyes of Bilam. Now he saw the angel. And the angel had it right. He bent down. And the Malach said to him, Why did you hit him three times? I was the guy in the way. The, the, the donkey never told him that. The Malach told him that. So what's going on over here? Why did the donkey just tell him? You hit me three times, you should know what I did. And the answer is, that's not what, that's not what this is about. 
the, what? He died because ha- had he lived, they would have served him as an Avay Dezerah, a donkey that talks. So he would become an Avay Dezerah. That was it. He did his job. The job was to say those words. He was no other, there was nothing else for him to do here. So what's going on over here, everybody? Listen to what he told the donkey. He said, I was always there for you. I was always there for you. If all of a sudden I'm not there for you, shouldn't you be thinking that something's wrong? With your curse at Why are you hitting me? Don't I have a chazaka? I've always I've never done this before. So if I'm doing it now, instead of beating me, why don't you try to figure out that there's something wrong over here? He was telling Bilam, where's your Akamas HaTov? From day one I was here for you. From day one I was here for you. And now all of a sudden I step out and you're beating me? Where's your Akamas HaTov for all the times I was here? That's why Hashem opened his mouth. Not to say there was an angel. He didn't have to do that. Why? Hashem could have easily just revealed the angel like he did now. The donkey didn't have to talk. If he would have been banging three times, right, off the wall and all that, and then the Malach would have revealed himself, he would have said, ah, now I know why. The reason what came out of the donkey's mouth is a lesson in Akaros HaTov. If I've always been there for you and I'm not there for you right now, something's up. Why are you hitting me? Why don't you try to figure out there must be something wrong here? That was Hashem wanted the Ason, the P. Ason, to tell the whole world. That the last minute before the world was finished being created, Ben Hashem was saying that my world, my world is based on Hakaros HaTov, on appreciation. And appreciation is not because the last you're as good as your last deal. Appreciation is I've always been there for you. So if I'm not there for you right now, there's got to be a reason. I always tell the story that um, there are three levels of Amuna. Three levels of Amuna. So there's this boy in yeshiva, and he tells his friends all the time that his father is like the greatest guy around. And he talks about his father all the time. There's one kid that's really jealous. And he says, I don't believe that your father's really like that. I think you're making it up. So he says, okay, come to my house, meet my father. He says, I'm going to... And I'm going to tell everybody what your father's really like. He says, okay, no problem. So he brings him to his house. His father's not home yet. They go, they play ball, whatever it is. They're sweating. They come into the house. And there's a huge cup of water in the middle of the kitchen table. And the boy who talks about his father, how great he is all the time, asks the other kid, you want some? He goes, no, I'm not thirsty. He says, okay. He picks up the bottle of water. His father walks in, looks at his son, and says, oh, no! Whack! Hits his son's hand. The glass goes flying, spirals all over, the water's all over the place, the glass breaks to a million pieces, and the other kid says, oh, I knew you were a liar. Your father's an abusive, physical abuse. He's a Meshuggah, and my father's much, my father would never do that to me. I'm going to tell everyone in Yeshiva, you're a liar! Your father doesn't even let you drink water! And he runs away. There are three levels of Amuna. Okay? One is the boy's like, Oh my God, I can't believe my father just did to me. That's it. Our relationship is over. He embarrassed me in front of everyone. Embarrassed me in front of this other kid. Slapped me. Didn't let me get my drink. Dunsky. Off the derech. OTD. Goodbye. I've had it. Piercings, tattoos. I'm done. God, have a nice life. You hurt me. Okay. But, that person still has a muna. What's the muna they have? The God, you hurt me and I hate you. But I know there's a God. I'm not an atheist. Because if I'm an atheist, then you'd hurt me. If you'd hurt me, I'd hate you. So I'm not an atheist. Hating something means you believe in it. You don't hate Martians. Nobody in this room hates Martians. Unless you ha- know, know a Martian. Right? It would be ridiculous to say, Rabbi Walton, I hate Martians. 
unless, I don't know, I don't want to say you're smoking something, but like, unless there's something really wrong with you, right, why would you hate Martians? There's no, there's no things as a Martian. But you might hate your mother, and you might hate your sister, and you might hate your Rebbe. You know what? That means you know that you have a mother, and you know you have a Rebbe, because you can't hate something that doesn't exist. So even a kid that hates Hashem, it's a level. It's a level. Hashem, Hashem accept it. You hate me? Okay, we'll, we'll work on the relationship, but at least you believe in me. It's a level of a moon. It's not a high level. It may even be a very high level of a moon. Okay. Then you have the second kid. The second kid goes up to his father and says, My high! What did you just do? Like, you, ne- like the us- you never did this to me before. In front of my friend, God, you know what's going to happen in yeshiva tomorrow? Dad, why did you slap me? My father's like, You don't understand. Your mother asked me to bring a, a cup of bleach downstairs to the laundry, and I put it on the table, and I turned around, and you walked in the room, you, it was at your lips. I didn't have a chance to say, ah, what, 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 what. you would have you, you burnt your tongue, you would have killed yourself. So when I saw it in your hand, I knew the only way to save you from getting burnt from the bleach is to knock it out of your hands. I knew it, Dad. I knew you loved me. But I don't know how to explain that to my friends. Second level. What's the top level? He doesn't have to ask his father. That's what's happening with Austin. He's like, my father's always there for me. If he slapped that cup out, I don't have to ask him. He went upstairs. I'm like, if my father slapped that cup out of my hand, that was poison. It's not, it's not like it was water and he, he had a bad day. It's like, that was poison. He would never slap it out of my hand if that was not poison. That's the highest level of Amuna. To know that no matter what you're going, I'm going to tell you a crazy story tonight. To know that no matter what you're going through, right? If you believe in Hashem and you believe he's your father and you believe he loves you, so there's no bad. You stopped that out of my hand. Must be. You saved my life. Period. That's the top. You don't have to ask. You go home. Like, oh, I did an Avera. Gilgal. I don't know. Whatever. You try to figure out why he did what he did. You try to figure out why this guy died. This happened to this one. And I know the reason. We don't know any reason. We don't know nothing. We don't know nothing. So that, that's the second guy. It's like, there must be a reason. I have to figure it out. The other guy doesn't figure it out. It's, it's good that you stopped that out of my hand. It's good. It's good I have no money. It's good I'm not married. It's good I have no children. It's good I'm sick. That's crazy. That's a... Woo! That's really believing in Hashem that everything's good for me. It's not even gam zula There's no gam. Gam zula means this is also good. There's no gam. Toiva. The highest level is not gam zula Gam zula is you figure it out. It's going to work out. You're there. Right? You got late to the plane. You missed the flight. It's going to crash. I always follow those planes when I miss a plane. I follow it like... It's for sure going to crash. I missed the plane. They're like, no, you came late. You missed the plane. The plane's not going to crash. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that, right? But you try to figure out, no, gum to the plane. It must be something on the plane. I don't know. Probably someone had a virus. Everyone on the plane's going to get a virus, but I'm not going to get a virus because I should save me. No, you came late. No, it has nothing to do with that. So we try to figure out the gum zula taiva. But the highest level is taiva. That this is also taiva. Taiva. It's good. What Hashem was trying to teach us here is. The Asan opened its mouth the last second of creation to tell creation that I am there for you all the time. And I brought you in the world and I gave you the five senses and I give you life. And if you got, I just told this to a girl. If you woke up this morning, there is a reason for your existence. Because guess what? If there was no reason for your existence, you're in the ground. That's it. You don't wake up or you die that day or you die that night, whatever it is. If you wake up in the morning, there's a reason you're in the world. So, so I have no reason I want to die, I want to get out of the world and you won't wake up. You don't have to commit suicide. Just told her. You don't have to commit suicide. If there's no reason for you in the world, Hashem will take you. You don't have to commit suicide. You woke up in the morning, there's a reason for you being in the world. Your job is to figure out why you're here. 
That's not God's job. That's your job. But if you woke up in the morning, you didn't die in your sleep, you didn't get killed in a car accident that night, you weren't in a plane crash, you woke up in the morning, you're there for a reason. Your job? Figure out why. But don't tell me I don't belong in this world. If you didn't belong in this world, he has, I think Gamora talks about how many ways a person can die. Hundreds. God wants you to go, you're going to go. You don't have to take your own life. So if you wake up in the morning, it means you're here for a reason. It's what I could Baruch Hu was telling the Asim to open his mouth at the end of creation to tell everyone, haven't I been here for you all the time? If this is not working out right now, there must be a reason. Stop hitting me. Stop complaining. Stop going off the derech. If I gave you the life, there's a reason. And that's what the Asim opened his mouth to tell him that there's a malach that he doesn't see. Hashem could have revealed the malach. But I want you to understand when someone doesn't have a karasat type, when someone doesn't have appreciation, the denial of appreciating, and, and the whole kibbut of the aim is based on this, but the denial. So what happens? The malach comes and says, why did you hit him all these times? I was standing there with a, with a, with a sword. So what should have Bilam said at that point? I'm so sorry that I, that I did this to my donkey, right? The donkey was always there for me and I hit him. You know what he says? <laughs> But Bilam says to the Malach, Chatasi, I've sinned. So what do you think he's going to say? I hit my donkey for nothing, right? No, that's not what he said. Chatasi, Kiloyadati, Kiyatanitav, the cross of my derech. You know what my sin was? That my donkey was able to see you, and I didn't. I messed up, I couldn't see you. He didn't say my sin was that I hurt the donkey. A person who's a kafi type, the donkey doesn't deserve any thank you whatsoever. What was my sin? I didn't get it. I didn't see the donkey. The animal saw it and I didn't see it. That's my sin. That's what he said. Okay. The end. I just had the story. I told you the story two years ago. This girl, I never saw. I, I've seen Kafei Toy by Kibbut of Aim. I've seen it in my life. But that was that was the whole thing. She was eight. She, was, she came into my office with her mother and her father. And she was cursing like a drunk sailor at her mother. You blank in front of me. You this, you that. I was like. Her mother was like, you're in front of Ray Wallstein. She said, I don't care. You called her every name. I was sitting there. I was embarrassed for the mother. So the mother turns to her daughter in front of me and says, you know, you have no respect. You have no derech But I don't understand. Last week, Rabbi Wallstein, she said, last week was her 18th birthday. Do you know what we bought her for her 18th birthday? I'm like, no. What did you buy her? A brand new two-door Volvo. I was like, my 18th birthday, I didn't even get roller skates. <laughs> this kid got a brand new sports Volvo. So her mother says, so at least it's a week. Are you cursing me like this already? And she looks at her mother, straight up generation, our generation, straight up 18-year-old spoiled brat from Flatbush, looks at her mother and says... What do you mean? I should thank you for the car? It's your job. I'm 18. Straight up. I was like, what? That's right. I'm 18 years old. It's my mother's job to give me a car. I would, if I was allowed to, I would have slapped her one. You, ma- you, t- I, what? What? So I said to her, oh, your parents now have a job? They work for you. And she didn't get it. She didn't get it. It's your job. What do you mean? What do, you mean, what, what do you mean you gave me a credit card? Ma, Ma, it's your job to give me a credit card. What do you mean you took me shopping for the summer and bought me all the stuff for camp? I'm going to camp! You have to buy me anything for camp! 
What do you mean you send me a pack every Friday? One of those camp packs from Batya. My, I, Batya was with friends, right? So I had to advertise, right? Well, everybody can't get. What do you mean? Nothing. There's nothing you can do for them. But they thank you. What do you mean you got any earbuds? All my friends have earbuds. All my friends have iPhones. All my friends have this. All my friends have that. No, I call us a toy for nothing. There's nothing you can give them. Like, it's your job. It's your job. So when you don't have a curse of toy, you, 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 you don't see it. You don't see it. So he's like, he's like I, I, I sinned. I really sinned. I, I, I thought he would say, yeah, I beat, my, I beat my animal that was always there for me. No, I sinned. I didn't see him. My sin is I didn't see the malach. Totally missed the picture. Now, Elimelech Biederman is a big speaker in Israel, a big tzaddik. He gives a share every single day. He said something this week that was amazing. And he said the following, and we'll end with this. I said that three times. Usually it's the third time I'm done. Still under an hour. Okay, so he says like this, beautiful. He said that there was a person named Rabbi Fuchs who went to an American billionaire, millionaire, multi-millionaire to raise money for his yeshiva, whatever he was raising money for. And he comes to this man, they got him into this guy, and this guy is totally secular, has no education, doesn't know the olive bays, never said beration, never said nothing. So he sits down, and he's, he's trying to raise money, and the guy says to him, you know, I don't really do anything in Judaism, but there's one thing I do every morning. He says, what do you do? He says, I sit for a few minutes before I come to work, and I thank God for what I have and for what I don't have. This Rabbi Fuchs is looking at him. Wow. The guy who doesn't learn Torah, doesn't know anything voracious, he has a car, he thanks Hashem for what he has, what he doesn't have. That's pretty, that's interesting. So he asks him, why? Why do you thank God for what you don't have? He says, I'll tell you a story. He says, I was married a long time, 15 years, 16 years. I'm a very, very rich man. And this rabbi came from Jerusalem to, 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 my, to raise money. And I told him that um, I'm not a happy person because with all my money I have, I have no child to leave it to. I'm married 15, 16 years. It's not happening. I'm not having children. So the rabbi from Jerusalem, wherever he was, says to the rich man, you believe in God? He says, yes. He says, you believe that God is good? He says, yes. So, if God is good, you're not having children, for you must be good. If he's good, everything does is good, it must be in your case, not having children is good. Maybe your child's going to grow up to be a killer, a murderer, steal money from people. So, you need to thank God that you don't have a child. The same way you thank God that you do have a child, because that's what's good for you, you have to thank God that you don't have a child. Because if he's good and you don't have a child, then it's good for you. He says, Rabbi, that morning, I started thanking Hashem, thanks to God for what I don't have. The same God, what you don't have is good, what you do have is good. He said, Rabbi, a month later, my wife got pregnant. They told us we'd never have children. I have a little child, a little boy. So from that day on, I thank God every morning for what I have and for what I don't have. So this Rabbi Biederman, who's amazing, Zagal Hadar, says over it. He says, but I'll tell you another story. He said, if you've told me a story about this guy 
some kind of deal in real estate came and they said you have 24 hours to close. You have to raise 15, 14 million dollars, whatever it is. You have 24 hours to close. He went looking for money. He had money, but he couldn't put together 15 million. He put together 14. You can't get the deal for 14. And the time was running down. And he was very upset that Hashem, I give tzedakah, and I'm going to give a lot of tzedakah. I need a million dollars. He called his friend this one, that one. I got money invested. Oh, I just gave a million to this. I just invested that. Wherever he went, it didn't work. So it seems to me that Rabbi Fuchs told him the story of the guy with no children. He says, thank Hashem that it's not working. Thank Hashem you didn't get the million dollars because if the million dollars, you're not getting the million dollars. It must be that it's good for you not to get the million dollars. Maybe everyone's going to lose their money. Whatever. We don't know why. But thank Hashem that you didn't get the million dollars. The same way you get the million dollars, you thank Hashem. If he's good, then you don't get the million dollars, you thank Hashem. It's okay. And he really, really thanked Hashem that, you know what, I guess the deal's not good for me. And he went to some insurance company after that. He had a meeting. And he did the insurance company. A guy walks in, who's also buying it, and he says, by the way, um, if you know anyone that, that needs a million dollar investment, I just flipped the building. And if I, if I don't put it back into a building, I'm going to have to pay crazy taxes. So I'm looking to, to put this million dollars somewhere. This guy's sitting there. He's like, I don't believe this. He says, I got this deal, 14 million. Done. Deal was done. How does that work? Why does that work? You thank Hashem for what you don't have. He gives you what you thanked him that you didn't have. How does that work? So he says like this. There's a Gemara, and the Gemara says, if you think Hashem owes you something, you're wrong. Hashem, why do you owe me something? I, I just did a bris meal on my son, right? I had a son, I did a bris meal Look, God, look what I did. I did a big mitzvah. I did a bris milah. Look, God, I put a mezuzah on every door. Look, God, I wear tzitzes on my clothing. So the Gemara says, no, God says to you, no. I don't owe you anything. I gave you the son to do the bris milah. I gave you the house to put on the mezuzahs. I gave you the clothing to put on the tzitzes. So I gave you first. Now you're giving me back, but I gave first. I first gave you, then you gave me back. He says, when a person thanks Hashem for what you don't have... You give him first. Because he didn't give you the child. And he didn't give you the shidduch. And he didn't give you the money. So it's not Hashem can say, I gave you, now you have to thank me. I gave you a child, now you have to risk me. It's the other way around. You're saying, Hashem, you didn't give me anything. I'm making the first move. I'm thanking you that you didn't give me anything. So now, the same way before. He gives us a child, we have to do a bris milah, we have to show him. We give him a thanks, now he has to create the thing we thanked him for. So we come first, so we switch the order. We come first, he has to fill in the second thing. Now, can you be 40 years old, not married, and sit at the table and say, thank you Hashem, I'm not married? Can someone get to that level? All her friends are getting married, she says, thank you Hashem, I'm not married? But the truth is, that if he really loves you, and, and, and everything he does is good... Then, then if you're not married, this is a crazy thing to say this, right? But this, this is what he's saying. You want to be married and you don't want to have to say, right? But Lamaisa, if he's really good, then, then if you don't want me, to, maybe I shouldn't be married. Maybe it's not good for me to be married. I don't know. But if I'm not married, I guess it's not good for me to be married. Now you can go into the whole thing of Bechira. Maybe I should have been married, but I said no, whatever it is. I, I, I can't go into that part of it. But Lamaisa, if a person has the power to really believe on the top level of Amuna that we spoke about, that when the father knocks the glass off, you don't even have to ask a question. I know that was something not good for me. Whatever it was, I don't know if it was bleach, I don't know if it was poison, I don't know what it was, right? Contaminated water, I don't know what it was, but I know that my father, right? The donkey said that, I've been there for you all the time. So if I'm not there, I give you water all the time, this time I spilled it out on the floor, it must be that the water is no good. A person can get 
to that level to thank Hashem for what he doesn't have, then he took the first step. And then Hashem has to take the second step. And that's the secret of what that rabbi from Eretz Yisrael told this rich man. If you thank Hashem and you're on the same level of what you get and what you don't get, it's the same thank you, you opened up all kinds of crazy doors. So that seems to be a very, very big schooler. So the, the, the points of tonight, the points of tonight is number one, the crazy Akarsa Torah that Balak got a name in the Torah because he paid someone to curse us and it ended up being a bracha. And number two, that when Hashem's angry, he doesn't create a malach to hurt you, he creates a malach of rachamim to protect you because you're his child. And if you're his child, the worst thing a person wants to see is his child suffer. Hashem doesn't want to see any of his neshama suffer. And therefore he will do whatever he can to block you, to help you from not doing the wrong thing. But if you're like Bilam and all your focused is on the wrong thing, then you're not going to see the malach of Rachman that he created you. You're not going to see the Rachman. You're going to miss the whole boat. And then after 120 years, Hashem is going to say, what do you mean? A red light, a red light, a red light. I tried, I tried, I tried, and you just, you just bowled over it. And that was the end of Bilam. And the end, Bilam gets killed in a, in a terrible way. His whole body turns into snakes or whatever it is. Because in the end, he didn't want to see. He did not want to see. He wanted his money. He wanted to curse Kleistrom. He didn't want to see. He did not want to see, you know, what was going to happen. And, and we see from here that even from Bullock came Mashiach, comes, comes Rus, comes David Melech, because he had the worst intentions, but something good came out of it. Imagine all the, everyone who's watching, if you have a good intention and you want to help someone and you want to bless someone, imagine what's going to come out of you. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.